0: recorded at the cranky buzzard restaurant each week we hear stories from the food lovers wanderers and misfits that make our community one of the best places to eat and drink to support us please visit www.patreon.com slash heard the podcast i'm sarah matthew i'm here with my very good friend ryan for another yeah, week
1: yep back at it back at it good to see you yeah good to see ya. Good you you get see a little hung today uh, well, for now, yes. For now. Yes, for now. Currently, but I'm working towards Good. removing that problem. Good. Slowly but surely. Good. You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. So do you. We got uh, Jim Myers with us today.
0: Hi, Jim.
2: Yay. How's it going?
0: <laughs> thank
1: you for coming.
2: You No problem. I always like to talk food and drink.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I've never, never heard you speak of it. Not, not <laughs> once. Not once. Uh, yeah, Jim, I'm trying to think of the first time we met.
2: Oh, it's been a while.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it was just at Hill.
2: Hilltop? Um, Maybe, or cross paths, maybe downtown, somewhere, I would assume. Yeah,
1: yeah, somewhere. But uh, uh, he actually runs the uh, the our tailgate cook-off that you run on right. at Hobbsy's. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've got three different uh, tailgate competitions in the area, and uh, Cinder City Days in Altoona, Hobbsy's on the north side, and... Uh, gonna have one up in rice lake this year in october for that and different categories they vary depending on the time of year and stuff
1: yeah, yeah so what does that all uh, i mean i know because i've been there but uh what are the you know what are your solid categories well we
2: usual? um i'm being a certified judge in a couple of different uh, sanctioned bodies around the country i did some stuff with them and probably part of the problem is they're uh way they do things are fairly narrow i wanted to broaden it a little more because in wisconsin we really love the tailgate thing going so people love the (laughs) tailgate so um a lot of them are overnight low and slow brisket shoulder stuff like that well mine are set up more you get there early in the morning with the team and get set up like you're in the parking lot of a packer game or a big concert somewhere at the beach and you get uh four or five categories depending on the uh tournament, and the first one or two are usually grilling type, anything from kebabs to stuffed burgers to things like that, and then it gradually works into later in the day the smoked and the slow-roasted and slow-grilled stuff, um, ribs, chicken, um, different small roasts, things like that. Um, The teams uh, will turn in a box, a blind box to the judges once an hour on the hour, and then uh, all the extras go out to the fans at the tournament for free so if one of the categories was wings you might have 50 wings being done and they turn their best 6 in and the other 40 some go yeah. out to the fans so best part for the fans is you get some good ideas on how to do better grilling and smoking and walk around with a cold beverage and talk to the teams and uh, all of a sudden uh, it's a pretty good afternoon with the music in the background oh, yeah. and stuff so It yeah.
0: sounds like a great afternoon <laughs>
2: it is it's probably
1: the best I, I eat all year I'm to no kidding. be honest with you yep. Um,
2: yeah I tell people even the average teams are pretty dark good you know yeah it, it's
1: it's stiff competition for sure right and uh on that note big shout out to uh tyler feeling because when we entered the contest under uh, representing hilltop we just used him and i decided right off the bat we're going to do it nester style which was religiously only using one charcoal grill while everyone else mm-hmm. had these massive Setups that we did fairly well for just using that, but
2: yeah, you guys uh, first time ever the hilltop place in the top three yep. out of uh, fifteen teams. Yeah, I don't know, think we've so.
1: done it for four years.
2: Yeah, you'd been out for a while because of some issues, but uh, came back strong. What did yeah. you
1: guys make? What did we? What did we yeah. all make? What were all the categories?
2: Um uh, Last fall there was a uh, homemade grilled vegetable beef stew, which is an interesting one. A uh, grilled uh, quesadilla. A uh, um, uh, stuffed chicken breast, grilled or smoked. A uh, believe it was a pork loin, and a um, dry rub or no whiskey glazed uh, St. Louis ribs. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Yep. So.
1: That was uh yeah. I remember it was interesting making stew on a charcoal grill, but we did it, and that's actually the. Uh, the base for the Irish stew that yeah. Tyler did, for your which was phenomenal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny.
2: The first and second place. Those guys. You guys <laughs> took second, I believe, in that. I'm not shocked. Out of yeah. those, but both of those were old school recipes for the base, which is really mm-hmm. good grilled and smoked yep. veg and uh, meat yep. that went into it. So that yeah, was a
1: rainy day too. Wow, I remember getting there and they put us in the. Well, it, it worked out the way we got moved, but. We called it a uh, hilltop island because we were in the back, <laughs> in the back corner, and it kind of slopes up. So all this rain puddled, and they actually had to put out. Thank God they found some like gang planks for us yeah. to walk across the moat. Yeah, we have a giant
2: there. U of businesses, and those guys were in the corner. And what happened was it just started pouring early in the morning. Luckily, let up by noon. But by then, all the water had run down into their corner, and yeah. so we literally put out the uh, rubber mats and some. Uh, different plywood and they were going in and out of their well, spot but
1: we they, made it happen. I,
2: they I, did it on the I, island Yes. i want
1: i want to say that was probably the most i've drank at the tailgate <laughs> other than uh other than with Naster, but that's because there was one time she i think the last time we were there she was she shot yukon jack religiously and um <laughs> and i remember walking into obse's and be like can I get? And they had somebody filling in behind the bar too.
2: Oh yeah, we had up at Hobbsy's. That's one of the two places I do work in town on the side. And um, we had two thirds regular bartenders, but one third yep. helpers, just because we physically didn't have enough bodies yep. because we had you know over 500 people there that day. So yeah, they
1: told us uh, they told us they were out of Yukon Jacker. Or- couldn't find it or something mm-hmm. so we were drinking and i hate with a with a fiery passion i despise tequila mm-hmm. and that's all oh, Nestor man. would drink all day was Patron, yeah. and then we found the yukon jack bottle four hours later <laughs> <laughs> and then got into that but i think that's the last time i a the last time we were there but b like the second to last that we drank because you're constantly going in and out from inside to outside yeah. before you know it. I remember it being right. four in the afternoon just.
2: Yep.
1: Well it's always it's
2: always interesting, like you said, because of the length of it. Some of the people literally focus on the early events and then once they're done with their category for their team they kind of let loose the other people just the opposite they really focus because they're later categories but then they focus late in the day and let loose so it's all different stages throughout the whole day what people are having fun once they get done with their stuff tyler and i were
1: hyped up too because by that point we'd had a couple drinks and and then placing and placing Mm -hmm. the best that we've ever placed on a whim like that was. I just remember him and I walking into Hill with both our certificates. just Yeah, just the grand, the grand march. And yeah. That's what The walk of victory. That's when everything started getting a little uh, sideways, though.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: because it was about four, five in the afternoon, and everything hit me then.
2: Well, and that's the thing about events like that. You know, it's it's not so much the right when it happens it's as the day progresses you know right. everyone starts well a, a couple evolution. extra shots yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> well i've eaten enough already so now i can really <laughs> drink you know <laughs> that's not yeah word. jim where did yeah. you uh I don't know.
1: Not calling you old. I know this is thinking far back for you, but where mm. did you uh, when did you first start service industry wise?
2: Well, I was just keeping track of that. <laughs> You're sad but true. This is my 40th year bartending. There you and, go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that- good or bad in between, but I tell people, luckily, I haven't had to do it a whole lot full time. You know, a lot of those 15, 20, 25 hour weeks because I, uh, I taught marketing for. Over 30 years and I could do summers, I could do breaks, I could do different times of the year fill-ins and really enjoy it. Always have enjoyed it, the people and all the great things. But my first start uh, was actually kind of at the same time when I was 18, um, down on Water Street, a place which is now Burritos Express was called Suburbia Submarine Sandwiches back in the day. And right next door to it, which is now the Grand Illusion, was uh, the Stable Saloon. And I worked at both those two places. Um, one of them, uh, we just had tap beer at Suburbia, so I was tapping beers for people. They'd like to come in for our early night specials. The, back in those days, $2 pitchers. And then uh, in the evening, one of my friends, Greg John, he uh, bartended at Stables, and when he get really busy, I'd hop behind the bar and give him a hand back over there. So that was in... Jesus, early 80s. So uh, so I am calling you old. I'm freaking old. Yeah, I'm freaking <laughs> old. But yeah, I get to see
1: Jim. Uh, I'll say it because it's to your face. Uh, um, I have the pleasure of seeing you every uh, Tuesday. Uh, yeah. I call our, our Taco Tuesday DJ because he's yeah. the oh, first yeah. one to go up there and jam that juke box.
2: I'm all about the old atmosphere, having worked at a lot of places that have good music, and we talk, Ryan knows music well, so we talk it a lot, and I'm, I'm still a true believer in food or drink, if you have good music in the background, people just have ten times a better time. They
0: That's
1: very do. true.
2: Yeah. Match the, match the crowd, you yep. know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it really does, and then, you know, as long as it's not intrusive background music, it kind of sets the tone. You don't feel like mm-hmm. you're Yeah, listening Mm -hmm. in on someone else's conversation, but you're also not uh, not so isolated that you can't have the conversation. Yeah, I I hate going to like a quiet restaurant. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. If I go to like a quiet restaurant, it it just makes me feel uncomfortable.
2: Well, there's a uh, a couple. Um, that started a, uh, it's, a, it's a online now called Road Food, but they wrote six books on it, traveled around the country, going to every state and finding these little nooks and crannies prior to diners, drive-ins, and dives and all that stuff. They went around, Judy Walsh and her husband, and one of the best places in this area is a small cafe up in Sand Creek and all homemade, old-school cafe stuff. The problem is you go in there and you could hear a pin drop, and it's just yeah. uncomfortable it's yeah. like great yeah. food but man you look around and it's like you talk even the slightest and it's just echoes and people like stare at you like what are you talking you know it's like <laughs> what? what i'm sorry we got a group here we're yeah. having fun enjoying a great breakfast but yeah. it's yeah. tough it just yeah. changes speaking
1: everything of uh, speaking of the uh cook-off stuff you have another one coming up don't you is it cinder? cinder
2: city days yeah we just uh, came out with the categories uh about a week and a half ago and usually that people have a few months to practice um that's only a four team or four category because we try to get newer teams in there and that'll be somewhere around 10 or 12 teams and uh we uh always end our meets with some form of ribs so that's the fourth category which will be ribs but uh the uh, first category is a grilled, bakel, uh, grilled bagel sandwich, oh. which can have grilled meat and grilled whatever else you want to put on there. Right. So a wide variety of things. Um, the second category um, is going to be uh, they all kind of blend together after a while. A second category uh, Tyler was really looking forward to. It's a uh beef roll-up so Mm -hmm. kind of a rouladen style but they can do either one big one and slice it or they can do four small ones in there and any type of uh, filling except seafood and then uh, we usually try to um the end it with a chicken and a rib but the third category is going to be a quarter chicken but it has to have a finishing glaze of some form on it and it can be anything from southwest to asian to barbecue to whatever direction they want to go and uh, inject it and rub it and do whatever you want. And uh, the fun thing is, like I said, a little bit of variety. The scoring uh, is basically based on uh, taste, appearance, texture, the three main things, um, scoring rubric. And a good day for fans to come out. They can stop out any time in the afternoon. It usually runs from about 11 a.m. to about 4 or 5 p.m. So... Same with most of the tournaments. It's a good afternoon to wander around, eat good food, and have a few cocktails and enjoy the weather.
0: Do you ever have anyone come out with some kind of weird meat? Um, Or are there any categories where the meat.
2: Good question. You know, I've had. (laughs) I don't know if I want to go. I won't go. Well, weird meat. I told it
1: on on a a (laughs) a previous previous episode about. uh, Mm About actually it was I think it was our second episode, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. Our first with a feature but our mm-hmm. second episode. And you know I told her the story about Missy Missy's r- raccoon meat situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So that, yeah, I shared yeah. I shared that and right. we I also learned that day that uh Sir spirit animal is a trash panda. So. It is. Yeah.
2: Yep. Wow.
0: Yep. I can't imagine that they taste good.
2: Right. Based well, on
0: their diet.
2: Yeah, it's, I have had raccoon, I have had possum, I've had sure. all the big country meat, yep. let's just call it. Well, because they do and, have
0: these contests, oh, I yeah. believe, oh, yeah. where people can yes. come in, and it's, the purpose is to cook these mm-hmm. gamey, yeah. obscure...
1: Right. The, the roadkill
2: menu. <laughs> roadkill, yeah. Actually, I won't say exact place, but I will say about an hour north of Eau Claire, there is a bar that does one of those, actually. Really? Yes, oh. and... Uh, I've heard some stories about some of the people who are bringing in the food that you're like, well, no, I'm just out. They can't promote it. They can't advertise it, but... Uh. They but if do, you're in the know. But yeah, you're in the know, yeah. and <laughs> some people I know I found out about it for a couple of people who stumbled upon it one day up there at oh, this yeah. little place, yeah. and they're like, "You gotta go!" I saw it next year. Oh, I went, and yeah. wow, it was something.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure. I'm sure Ooh. that uh, that was an interesting clientele right. mix.
2: Well, yeah. and part of the reason I don't do wild game at my tournaments is um, I worked at uh, Ray's Place down on Water Street for yeah. years. And uh, before Ray passed away, I sat down in an afternoon, and by the decade, I took down what Ray told stories about since he owned the bar from 1949 to 1989. Oh, so wild. And so I went down, and I have three pages of stuff from Ray, and one of his big things early on in the uh, 50s and 60s was his wild game feeds. And uh, his big thing was he made a killer turtle. Uh, snapping turtle soup from the Chippewa River. Sure. So a lot of the local guys would come out and uh, bring him turtles and say, Ray, make big turtle soup, and they'd bring it up. And uh, he did a nice, you know, the only problem was he became kind of arch enemies with one of the lead game wardens in the area
0: because (laughs) you can't
2: sell wild game. You know, obviously, if you're a restaurant and you don't have the permits and where it was, Farmed and where it was raised, and so it went around and around for about 20 years. Of that little oh, battle, I oh. want to use the
0: term arch nemesis here. Yes, yeah,
2: there go. <laughs> yes. you don't
1: often get to use that, yes, well. no,
2: no, because that the becomes game warden. the game yeah. warden <laughs> <laughs> shutting down the wild.
1: This game. reminds me of, like the credits of so and so played Game Warden. That's
2: it, and you want it's almost like it could be a cartoon, too, you know, yep. you know yeah, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Ray's making turtle soup in the Game board game flings the, board, the doors, the doors open. open and charges Yeah,
1: in. it's always the running joke that he almost catches it.
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, foiled again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trap Anfils door. Are falling, TNT
1: yeah. is exploding. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and to be honest, it's uh, also there's a place up uh, near Birchwood that had game feeds for years up there, and uh, part of the problem is the sourcing of it you know because some people take great care of their food and others just don't right. so i just steer clear of venison steer clear of uh any of the wild fish in the area too but uh other than that we uh, use a variety of sure. stuff yeah
1: yeah um i'm trying to there's there's a story i was going to tell you actually yesterday jim and i forgot um this Couple came in. I think it was like a week ago, and they go, they just they'd been at hobbsies and I'd ask them like I usually do. I'm like, oh, what do you have to? Where are you going? Uh, are you in town? Because I hadn't seen him before, and they're like, yeah, we were just we were kind of we were over at hobbsies We were talking with this guy. I go, oh, I go, yeah, I go, I go. I go to hobbsies every once in a blue moon and. They start describing him, and slowly but surely, they're like, "I can't think of his name." And I'm like, "I'm just gonna let him go a little while longer." And then I was like, "Was it? Was his name like? Was it Jim?" And they go, "It was Jim." And I, they're like, "Man, he's got some stories." And I go, "I go, oh, if you, if, you know, if you sit there with vodka diet drus all day with him, you'll you'll figure it out. You could keep going for hours and hours." Well, there's yeah. got
0: to be. I mean, 40 years of yeah. of. It. You know.
2: Well, and it is 16 different bars and yeah. uh, grills, bars and restaurants, bars and nightclubs in Eau Claire, Chippewa, Menominee area, pretty much. So mm-hmm. um, a few other little gigs here and there. But uh, the fun part is that's why I bartend. It's uh, every time you think you've seen it all, and Ryan knows this oh, in the God. bar business, you haven't seen anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no. what makes it fun.
1: No, and that's uh, that's the... It's the gift of the curse. It's always throwing something new at you. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not always great. No. But whenever you, uh, yeah, I always tell people there. Oh, of course, levels of people who are vets in the service industry, mm-hmm. but see these people who just started bartending. They're like, you'll never believe the night that I just had. I'm like, try <laughs> maybe. yeah, and, bet uh, I will.
2: Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> yep. Because one thing about bar patrons is, no matter who's in a bar. It's a different mix every time. So you can have people you know, but certain people, the chemistry in a bar is just different. You know, you take five out and you put five new ones in and everything changes. Oh, yeah. Very quickly. (laughs) Very quickly. Very very quickly. Well, I asked
1: uh, Ryan Bollinger this, with Mousetrap who we had on uh, (laughs) previously. What is one of the craziest, I'll, I'll narrow it down, holiday nights that you've ever had or something ridiculous happen that sticks out in your head.
2: Well, actually, it's weird you'd say that. I just was telling a story the other day about this. Um, It was at the old Happy Hollow in Altoona, and I got called in to help out down there, and Jeff Olson owned the bar, and and it was probably the closest thing in this area to a true roadhouse sometimes Mm -hmm. back on the old 53. And a lot of the regulars, a lot of the people in the area, some pretty wild people, but overall just a fun group. But one of the guys came in, and I believe it was on the night before Christmas Eve or the night after Christmas. It was right in that, I say, the holiday time. Mm -hmm. And it was a wild night. Everything was going in there. And all of a sudden, the door blasts open. And here comes a motorcycle at Christmas (laughs) into the bar. Oh, and God. it was a guy named Dan. Not being pushed. No. Sure. Drove okay. it right yep, yep, in the door. Okay. And we had two doors, one on each side of the front. And the pool table's there. In front. And he pulls in, and everyone looks. And he looks at uh, Jeff. And Jeff, the owner, came running over and said, don't you dare. He goes, I need to do a break stand in here on Christmas. Oh. And he goes... <laughs> you're gonna pay for everything you do he goes we got it covered myself and blah 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 we're gonna come in and rip up the floor tomorrow so he goes right on the floor wow. and went right down through the tile and then he goes blasting out the other door and there's smoke filled in the whole bar and everyone was just like i i don't even believe i just saw that i don't yeah. even believe that that's one what of those, just that's happened one of those days
1: where you wake up the next day right and I, Somebody, was i drunk or did, did that somebody, happen somebody, somebody drive drive just and
2: i thought the thing i was thinking as <laughs> the bartender i thought oh i'm so glad jeff's here right now because if he wouldn't have been there i'd be like i know, you know the guy i know dan O'Well. well right and it's like
1: there's a lot of trust in someone saying don't worry about it i'll come rip up the floor tomorrow Absolutely. yeah and
2: it's yeah. like jeff's like whoa okay and then he did it and i will give him credit they floor was brand new two days later. so
1: well, there you go. I mean, I guess you can't really argue with that then. He held up his end of the deal, but... Yeah.
0: Well, then, too, if you know, if you know you're going to... You know, you know, you're putting in that new floor. It's kind of yeah, like the yeah. hey, why not? Let's make it count. Or,
1: or, or now someone's made the decision for you that you <laughs> are getting. getting right.
2: You're getting
0: a new floor. Yeah. Might as well make it yeah. count.
2: And yeah. usually you would have all the crowd just like cheering or whatever. Everyone was so stunned. They were just like, <laughs> what? 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 What did I just, just see? Did this really happen? Oh my God! And it was crowded too. That's the thing.
1: So when you met uh Missy, who is our uh, GMN Uh, hilltop when you first met her was that back in the stones throw days yes
2: it was that uh that was a great time fantastic that would have been in the 90s what
0: a great location the stone every time i drive by that building i think to myself how freaking cool well i've been there
1: forever that whole
0: build that whole structure all of it every time i've never been inside
2: Really, really? never been
0: inside, but every time I drive by, I'm like, God, that place is so cool. Yeah, I I
2: bartended there 13 summers, and Missy was working there uh, for eight or nine of them full time. She was that was she was running the place pretty much. She was in charge of all the uh, cocktail waitresses and most of the bartenders and stuff. And uh, it's funny because her first pregnancy there. Um, I ended up having that kid in class in high school, Sam, Sam, <laughs> Sam yeah. and uh, um, Sam and Nick and Nick and, uh, and um, Lydia. Oh, yeah. I wasn't and sure. If you were, oh, yeah. you, I couldn't I remember what Lydia. year you retired. But. So, yeah, I had two, not two or three. I didn't have Nick. I knew Nick, but I had Sam and Lydia mm-hmm. in class. But it was funny because uh, we always joke about it. Her and I. That you know, people like to brag in Eau Claire about how the music scene in the last 15 years and 20 years. I'm like, no, you got to go back 30 because we had <laughs> some of the greatest blues people in the country here. On a regular basis, because James Soberg, the owner, was friends with a lot of them. He'd play gigs in Europe with them. He'd done all that stuff. And he would get them coming or going to the Twin Cities or in their Midwest swing. He would literally talk them into coming to Eau Claire, staying in downtown. He'd put them up for the night. They would come in and play uh, a Wednesday show or a Thursday show. And the place would... We'd just call people and say, get over here this week, so-and-so's here. Mm-hmm. What? And then they'd play up in the cities, and some people wouldn't get that for fifteen dollars you're seeing them and in the cities are getting fifty sixty dollars yep. two nights later yep. and people would come back from the cities and say you and not believe who i just saw up there right? we're like yeah we had them yeah. here two <laughs> days yeah. ago yeah. <laughs> what yes yeah. I, yes, yes I would believe we had him.
1: because we saw it first and yep. so
2: missy and i always laugh about that because we go downstairs and get stuff and sit and talk to coco taylor and sit and talk oh, to huh, luther cool. allison yep. and, and luther would hold court out at the old maple manor yep. hotel in yep. the breakfast on Saturday or Sunday morning, and he'd have 50 people in there just to sit and listen to him <laughs> tell bet. stories, yep. you know. Yeah, And yeah. that's Missy and I were lucky that way. We got to see yeah. a lot Yeah, that's actually crazy. the,
1: uh, I call it, call it like the tail end of the good times. Yeah. Because I, I remember that was the first bar that I snuck into, mm-hmm. and I didn't even use a fake ID. I just trojan horse that like with a group and tried to like sneak in there but that was Wedged still right, yeah. you know the the dirty down and out stone's throw right Yeah, you know, reminded me of the uh there should have been chicken wire around the stage yeah. you know roadhouse <laughs> style well
2: that's the thing there were certain there were certain uh time frames in there that when uh there were different owners the music varied let's just say yeah. and some owners knew what they were doing and some didn't and uh one of the funny ones that I always laugh about is when Solberg did one, and James loved his music. So uh bon used mm-hmm. to beg to play in there when he was still in yeah. high school, you know, <laughs> his, with his band. And J- James said, no, 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 57 ways. And finally he convinced him. So he played uh, for an hour, from 8 to 9, I believe it was. I was bartending. And all the regulars were like, "Who is this high school kid? What's this got all? Yeah. What's this all about? You know." And he had brought a nice crowd of relatives, and because he couldn't be in there with yeah. his mom and yeah. dad and yeah. everything else, mm-hmm. and, and they played and stuff. And you know, okay, whatever, it was just another high school group, and then, you know, down you, the road, you'll be able everything.
1: to uh, clear this up for me. So I've always wondered, there used to be a kitchen.
2: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) It was called Rosenberg's Restaurant. And when you drive by the building, if you look, you'll see an entrance on the outside going downstairs. That was to the restaurant, to Rosenberg's. Yeah, because it was in
1: the basement. Right.
2: And the upstairs was always part of the restaurant. So and extra what? seating? Or? The sad part about downstairs, I when I worked there, I used to have my Christmas party, my personal Christmas parties downstairs, <laughs> and there's booths and tables and nice stained glass in one what? corner, and they use it for nothing right now, and it's perfect for like 50 people. They would run lunches um, three or four days a week. Um, for the downtown business people oh, and you could just go in walk down the entrance and they'd have a soup and sandwich special or a blue what plate a special cool. just... and they could and then yeah. after work when i worked there my favorite shift was always the after work crowd that we'd open at four and i'd get all the people from the bank and the retail businesses they'd all come in from like four to six four to seven and then it would all switch over to music right about seven eight o'clock
1: Yeah, Yeah. did they use a... I wondered this, though, because I'd heard that. um, Did they just have to use the stairs, or did they have a dumbwaiter in there?
2: Um, They... Technically, I, I'd heard they'd had one, but now when I worked there, it never was there, but they had to use the stairs up and down. Yeah, but that's why they tried to have the food stay downstairs, because they had a nice seating area. But yeah. up and down, it was nice, because when we'd have big names in, they would just take that whole area over. It was like their yeah. own private room down there. And yeah. so they'd have all the their food and gear and roadie gear and all that down there, just sitting around and... That's what we did when it was the rest or the How restaurant cool. wasn't there. Yeah, because yeah, it's w- a fantastic a Randa, space.
1: When, when did the the restaurant outside stop?
2: Um, the restaurant would have gone out early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah, it, it ran on and off from I believe it was either 79 or 80 till about 92 ish, 93. Oh, okay. So 10, but it was like couple of years, yes, new owner. couple years, yes, new. But uh, Rosenberg's were the original owners of the space. And even when it was a bar, it was split restaurant bar, two ownerships for a while. Yep. And then they just basically dumped the restaurant, had the bar, had the nightclub, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and then just as it switched hands, it just they just right. lost the basement then.
2: Right, yeah. and it just kind of became space, which is sad because that still could be fantastic, cool little diner yeah. down there. Yeah. I just
0: think that space is so pretty um, I, I really I, every time it's right across from the gym that i go to and right i, I always think i need to just go in there i need to go because i need to see the inside well I need be- to.
2: becca cook from up here at reds yep. when she moved yep. becca um had her office up there there's four offices oh. up top up there yep. and that's the only reason she grabbed that office originally was the space was so cool yeah they just needed yep. to be in that building yep. and it is fantastic yeah it's one it of is, eau claire's true landmarks downtown it,
1: it is especially with you know, just block, about every old picture yeah. you can find from the Historical society. Mm-hmm. So. That's it. But, yeah, uh, um, what, I, I guess I, I should give you this time now to plug anything you have coming up that, or anything you'd like to uh, put out there.
2: Well, the one thing I'm just throwing out there to people is, you know, take advantage of some of the non-promoted venues in the area that have entertainment, have live uh, music, have some type of creative twist to their bar scene. Um, for instance, you know, I do bartend up at Brick House, and gradually we are bringing in comedians on a regular basis. We're bringing in uh, music, try to bring it in once a month. Um, we have different uh, events going in now. Every other weekend we have, uh, every other Sunday afternoon, we have a blues jam in our uh, upstairs bar. We've done it three times now. All three have gone really well. We've had a good crowd Sunday afternoons for uh, people who like the blues older crowd. Um, the Thursday night um, Comedians are going well. they've got uh, anywhere from 50 to 150 people on a Thursday night for comedians and we bring them in from all over the country again, we get them on a Thursday. They play the cities on a Friday or Saturday. You can get a kind of a double whammy that way yep. you know goes pretty good.
1: Well, I think we're towards the end of our episode here, but Jim, I really uh-huh. want to thank you for coming on and as okay. as usual, I mean I get to see you every week, but uh, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, this guy not only knows his music. And his food, but uh, it's always worth going out. Well, I need to. And I, I should say I, this is my own fault too because hey, I don't. Hey, bartenders come see them. are busy at their own <laughs> I, bars. I, I they never get to go to up. another yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but go see him at Brickhouse or Hobbsies or sure. around town, one way or another.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, Go find him at a event and yeah. some food with yeah. him. Yeah, about
2: at Cinder City days yeah. for a great say uh, hi little. Say to a good to judge. judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thank you so much for
0: your time.